This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will be another adapted OrthoBullets core webinar from the OrthoBullets core curriculum, and this one will cover the topic of medial ulnar collateral ligament injury from the shoulder and elbow section. The topic will be reviewed by Dr. Christopher Ahmad, who is Chief of Sports Medicine and Professor of Orthopedic Surgery at Columbia University Medical Center, as well as the head team physician for the New York Yankees. Okay, he's 31, he's right-handed, he felt a pop, it was during a game. He is diagnosed with a rupture of the medial ulnar collateral ligament complex of the elbow. During which phase of overhead throwing did the pitcher most likely sustain this injury? After the ball is released, back part of the elbow extension, after the ball is released. When you're still throwing and your arm is in the back, that's going to be the acceleration phase. So here we are, early acceleration phase. That's where you get the most stress on the ligament. So attenuation or rupture of the ulnar collateral ligament, now we're talking about a very hot topic. It's in the media. It's a very hot topic. Rupture of the ulnar collateral ligament in the elbow leading to valgus instability. It's overhead athletes. More and more kids are getting it. So it's uncommon in the skeletally immature, but you're going to hear more about the younger kids that are getting this problem. And so little leaguer's elbow is really apophysitis that happens. Younger kids don't get uh, ligament tears in general. Acute trauma, often associated with a dislocation, overuses microtrauma from the repetitive stress. Late cocking, early acceleration, we just had that question. It can be related to overuse, poor throwing mechanics, using curveballs, as many of you know. And then weaknesses within the kinetic chain. And here's a great one, dynamic flexor pronator muscles. If you don't have your muscle mass over there, uh, you won't have shielding of the ligament. The muscles can dynamically help the ligament. This, in fact, has been a test question. I've taken the uh, test question, and I like it because I contributed to the research that helped uh, demonstrate that, and it's one of our ways to protect a young athlete, get the medial muscle strong. So iatrogenic, especially if we're doing surgery. Associated condition, ulnar neuritis, Olecranon, posterior medial impingement, we spoke about that a lot. Elbow arthritis, especially our older uh, repetitive athletes. The anatomy is important. There's some nomenclature here that's a little bit challenging, but the MCL is divided into three bundles that we call the anterior oblique bundle, the posterior oblique bundle, or the transverse ligament, or the transverse bundle. Now, why does it get a little confusing? Because the anterior oblique bundle can have two bands, the anterior band and the posterior band. It's a little confusing, so we've got to go through this. The anterior oblique is the primary stabilizer. It's the most important, the anterior oblique bundle. That bundle is, has two bands, an anterior band and a posterior band. And if you think about how the elbow works, the anterior band is going to be tight as the elbow extends, and the posterior band, as you flex, is going to get more tight. So that's how it works. The history is that the patient may feel a pop, or it just may be insidious, and they just get sore, and they can't warm up, and they can't throw. They lose velocity, they lose control, and they have characteristic pain over the medial aspect of their elbow during that late cocking acceleration phase. And many of these throwers will also have some posterior medial impingement type pain. And some of them will have ulnar nerve symptoms. What specifically? You ask them, hey, do you get numbness and tingling in your fourth and fifth digits? They say yes when I throw. When I'm not throwing, I don't get it. You inspect it. You check for tenderness over the MCL origin. 
and then you check the flexor pronator mass as we discussed. You check the cubital tunnel for the ulnar nerve, the moving valgus stress test, where you're moving the elbow. This elicits pain, and that is the most sensitive and specific test. So that's the one that's going to be likely uh, tested. So when everything, uh, when something has such incredible sensitivity and specificity, it's worth knowing. You position the elbow, you stabilize it, and you move it in flexion extension, apply valgus stress. Right here, they're going to have pain all over the ligament, and it's characteristic in the throwing phase of the cocking position, 70 to 120 degrees of flexion. Typically, do get x-rays here. You may see enthesophytes, you may see arthritis, you may see these osteophytes in the back of the elbow. If we're having difficulty with the diagnosis, we can dynamically stress the elbow, we can do a stress view, and we can measure how much the ulnar humeral joint opens, and that can help us understand if the ligament's incompetent. The characteristic uh, threshold is three millimeters. In fact, most of the time we do this with ultrasound now because less radiation for those that have ultrasound in the office. You can do a stress ultrasound just with gravity in the office. Okay, MRI is the best. Most uh, people feel that an MR arthrogram can be beneficial, especially for the partial tears. So here we go through a uh, imaging uh, features where we want to look at different aspects. Radial head, coronoid fracture, MCL, LCL, and our, we know our physical exam. And here's what we call varus posterior medial rotatory instability. And this is valgus posterior lateral rotatory instability. This is the other features of having a traumatic dislocation of your elbow. So if somebody says they're playing football or they, play, uh, they land on their hand and they develop pain, you should check the radial head coronoid MCL, LCL, and check it with these physical exam maneuvers. And you'll understand if they have this rotatory instability cons most consistent with a dislocation. So here's the question. A 14-year-old elite basketball player develops acute medial elbow pain after a fall. Physical examination reveals medial elbow tenderness over the sublime tubercle. Sublime tubercle is that location of the attachment onto the ulna, so the distal attachment. But he has full range of motion. Provocative tests exacerbate his elbow pain. Radiographs are normal. What would be the next step in treatment? So he's 14. He uh, has a traumatic injury. He's got a moving valgus stress test, and he's got tenderness over the uh, ligament in that area. Avoidance for six weeks. So we're going to rest this athlete, allow the ligament injury to heal, and hopefully we get him back to playing basketball. So correct answer, first line of treatment, let's do the rest. Rehab. Get the muscles strong, like we said. That flexor pronator can help shield the stress on that ligament, and then the outcomes are here. We should know this, though. It takes a lot of players will get better without surgery but it takes a long time. It takes 24 weeks. It's about six months. 19-year-old male, right elbow pain, four months ago pitching, collegiate baseball game. He underwent a period of rest and forearm strengthening and now has recurrence of pain during a throwing program. So what they're saying is he has the injury, but he's failing non-operative treatment. This gentleman has a full tear and he failed non-operative treatment, so he's going to get open reconstruction of the ligament using ipsilateral palmaris longus graft. This is the reason why we call it Tommy John surgery. It's so much easier to say. Open reconstruction of the ligament using ipsilateral palmaris longus graft. This is Tommy John surgery. We're going to reconstruct the ligament. So the Tommy John operation. 
The indications are high-level throwers who want to continue their sports and and or have failed non-operative treatment. There's variations in surgical technique and between 80 and 90% return to play at a high level. And so we've highlighted humeral docking as one technique is associated with better outcomes and complication rates than the first type of surgery that Dr. Job did, which is the figure of eight technique. What this is saying is the docking technique is a little bit of evolution and the surgical technique is actually better. This is a systematic uh, review that I performed that help understand which techniques were going to be better and which ones we, we should be using and what the complications are. So the approach is a muscle splitting approach and or a uh, nerve decompression or transposition. And in this case, we're showing the original approach, which was a flexor pronator uh, detachment and then repair. As you know, this muscle is important to stabilize and shield the uh, ligament. So then the modified Job technique was no longer that muscle take off of the epicondyle was a split. So let's uh, go through a question, help illustrate this approach. 28-year-old professional baseball pitcher sustains a complete rupture of his ligament. He is neurovascular intact and which of the following surgical reconstruction techniques has been shown to result in the lowest complication rate and best outcome. And without going through all of the uh, variations here, splitting of the flexor pronator mass is much better than detachment and the docking technique without ulnar nerve transposition. Because ulnar nerve transposition, if you do it in an obligatory fashion, if you always do it, you get some ulnar nerve uh, complications. So muscle splitting, less uh, injury to the muscle, the docking technique without transposing the nerve. Okay, here we go. Reconstruction docking technique. We mentioned it. There are other techniques. I don't think you're going to get tested on these other new style techniques, so we can jump over it. But there are new instrumentations like the cortical button that we use, uh, as you saw for the distal biceps, that's gaining a little bit of popularity. Postoperative care. The big issue with postoperative care is this. After a period of rest, and not throwing for at least four months. It takes between nine and 12 months before they're competitive again. So it's a long recovery. Complications, ulnar nerve. Ulnar nerve is in proximity. Medial cutaneous nerve injury, just like on the uh, repairing a distal biceps, it's cutaneous nerve has to be retracted. Fracture of the ulnar or the medial epicondyle. These are very catastrophic complications. Stiffness, gotta do your physical therapy. And, uh, but stiffness can still happen, inability to regain pre-injury level of throwing. Some athletes are just not going to get back, and we would consider that a failure of the operation. That's all for this review on medial ulnar collateral ligament injury. If you would like access to the full video version of these core webinars, sign up for the OrthoBullets core curriculum today. There will be a link in the show notes for anyone who is interested. Look out for questions related to this topic on this weekend's question session, and hopefully this episode will have prepared you for that review. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.